Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the We Hate More Sports Podcast, episode 10. Um, as you can see, it's just a little OPC for tonight's episode, but uh, don't worry, this is future PC, because I am recording this, and it's going to be in conjunction with the interview that you're about to listen to. Uh, I said last week, and on the episode We Hate Sports this past week, that I set up an interview with a close friend, you know, childhood friend of mine, Christian Rocco, a rising wrestling star in this industry. Um, and yeah, we completed that uh, this past Wednesday night, so the entirety of episode 10 is going to be... Uh, you know, this interview that I did with Christian. Now, um, for those who don't know, it was a little over a year ago, actually, that um, we did another interview as well. So if you want to go and check that out, go and uh, check out our YouTube page at uh, We Hate Sports. Um, and while you're at it, you may as well just follow the rest of our socials, too. Our Twitter and IG at WHS underscore podcast. And our TikTok, too, which is the same ad as our YouTube, We Hate Sports. Um, and yeah, this one I, I enjoyed this interview. It feels like we're it feels like we're elevating uh, the interviews uh, every step of the time. And trust me, there will be an interview um, in the future, maybe even in another year or so. Um, but for right now, uh, this is the interview that uh, we did this past Wednesday night, uh, and this is the entirety of the episode I gave um, myself, really technically and. The rest of the crew off. You'll see us all next week. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. I uh, hope you enjoyed this interview. Uh, if you're a young wrestling fan, if you're a wrestler that's just starting up in the industry, uh, this is the perfect interview for you to listen to. So I hope you enjoy. Um, I got nothing else to say. Um, maybe future PC can somehow conject with us PC. You know what? Just, just watch the Okay. Here we are. Here we are. I am here with the current MFPW Snag Team Champion. Close personal friend of mine. Uh, someone that I've been meaning to run back to the interview with. Uh, Christian Rocco. Welcome back. To oh, thanks for having me back, Monday. man. It's always my pleasure to be on here. Um, it's It's awesome thank you so much for having me back uh i i catch you guys here and there a little bit when i can uh i've just been a really busy dude lately yeah no trust me we'll, we'll, we'll get into that because we have plenty we have plenty so <laughs> i know it's, it's been a little over a year i got your shirt now um and we've done plenty of other stuff let me jump into the first question i don't know if the, the thing that you told me uh last week is that is that like public knowledge is that just yeah like, sure i can talk about it okay um, <laughs> all right sweet i really want to announce it yeah wwe tryout the other yes day, the it was a uh, a seminar with gabe sapolsky um congratulations thank you by that, way, man. it was at the monster factory uh now it was a couple of weeks ago but i had a match in front of him um got my critiques heard back from him it was a pretty incredible awesome experience um i had been dreading it for that entire month butterflies in my stomach just very very nervous um and just working my my butt off um just staying late and taking as many bookings as i can just to be ready for it well absolutely that's why i want to get into actually because over the last year 
especially like you've wrestled all up and down the Northeast from AXW in Pennsylvania to 1CW in Delaware. In your opinion, what has been like the number one motivation to keep improving this year? To keep improving this year. Um, the goal never really changes, right? It's to get to WWE. Um, but as far as what my goal this year was, was to get my name out there, to, to start traveling more, um, to experience a lot more. For me, you learn so much from being in situations that are really different. Um, as far as uh, being at the Monster Factory, you get to work with the same people, your friends, people you see every day. So it, it's something different once you start working with people that you've never met before or have a different style of training or just a different approach to how they go about making matches, right? So it, it definitely keeps you on your feet and it definitely kind of pushes you creatively. Absolutely. Um, so I want to dive deeper into, you know, the in-ring work that you've done over the last year. I want to talk about Ali Rock for a sec. Ali right. <laughs> Rock, it's so much fun. You know, y'all kind of morphed together after World Renowned stabbed you in the back. I, I, I've watched the footage. This is, trust me, yeah. this podcast is an anti-Nick Petit uh, podcast, all right? <laughs> they stabbed you in the back. But how much has Oliver helped you improve your work as a wrestler? Oh, so much. That's a that's a phenomenal question. Um, I love Oliver to death. Um, there's another unsung hero. I'll get to him in a second, but Ali is phenomenal. Um, I feel like he was really slept on before. He kind of was just there for a while. He had won tag team championships before. He was no slouch, but I felt like he kind of hit his peak for a while or plateau, not peak, excuse me. He plateaued a little bit with the character that he was doing. And we randomly got paired together. Um, and everyone saw it the same way I saw it. I found out pretty much the, the same day that we were getting paired together. We were winning the tag team championships and we were in that battle Royal went against the Kellys won. Um, but I never would have guessed it would have been as successful, as fun, as enjoyable uh, as it has turned out. I really, really, really love him. Um, he is the biggest yes man. Anything that we come to him with, anything that we pitch, no matter how ridiculous, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's ask him up with the name. Who came up with the name? Uh, that was Ollie. I had a list of a million names and none of them were as good as that. <laughs> um, it rolls off the tongue really well. That's it does. It does. It's perfect. And the only thing I tagged on was the Express thing because I wanted to go really 80s with it. And I love the Midnight Express. I love the Rock and Roll Express. And they're two really big inspirations to me and this entire tag team. Um, as far as that unsung hero, I have to give credit to Brian Murphy. He's my roommate. Um, I've known him since college. He's the guy behind the camera. He's helping us film everything. He's uh, he's sitting there reading all these ideas and scripts that I send to him and helping me clean them up a little bit. So he deserves a lot of credit for the amount of work he puts in as well into Ollie Rock Express. That's awesome to hear. Uh, <laughs> so you have been at Monster Factory now for uh, over, I want to say two, three years. Um, you know, but Monster Factory, you're on TV, yes. um, Apple TV to be exact. Like for Monster Factory, just as a, a wild question, like could you like ever, if you could go back in time, do you ever see yourself starting a wrestling career with anybody else or would you want to? 
See, I've thought about that before. Um, when I was uh, when I was first starting out and trying to find the right school, Monster Factory was always at the top of my list. Um, there's a bunch in the Northeast, and I've gone to a bunch of them. They're great, but none of them have the same level of professionalism. None of them prepare you the same way Monster Factory does. So if I were to start again, it, I don't think it would be any different. I, I just think they run such a, a well-oiled machine there. It's it's a safe environment. Um, they push you. It, a lot of people saw what the the Monster Factory really really is from that um, that documentary. Dan's Dan's a hard ass. He's tough, but he loves you. He loves you to death. He wants you to succeed. And it, uh, his track record's proven. I mean, there's been no no school close to the level of success that we've we've achieved. So. I'm I'm proud to say that I'm a Monster Factory guy, and I wouldn't want to change that. Is it like how truly like amazing was it to like be able to see like your colleagues like stories like I guess exposed is like the best word to to an audience that may not know like all the ins and outs of what it means to truly be a wrestler and make it and succeed. Yeah, no, I mean that it was incredible seeing. Uh, the documentary for the first time we got some early screenings before everybody else did and wow um didn't know that about a lot of my close personal friends a lot of people that they they were starring in the show um yeah a lot of that was kept private and it coming out does not change how i view them but it definitely makes me go wow you guys have overcome quite a bit um and I commend you guys, and I, I really commend them for sharing their story. I mean, that's extremely difficult, especially, I'm not going to get into too many details of the shows, but there's a, there's a lot of dark subject matter in there. But I think at its core, the show really represents a lighter side of wrestling. And that's kind of how I like to remember my friends and everybody there. We're all just goofballs trying to make it in, in a world full of uh, spandex and underwear. Uh, one article that that had written like a review of, of like the show you know described it as like it's almost like a group of super superheroes coming together uh you know just to to make it in the wrestling industry um so blink go check out monster factory um if y'all haven't already yes go uh, check it out. it's a phenomenal show and like he said it's like superheroes i see you got the guardians of the galaxy poster back there that's probably yep, the most apt yep. comparison those are my favorite marvel movies too but yeah, they're just a ragtag group of goofballs just trying to make it. Absolutely. So I think what really gets lost by wrestling fans nowadays, especially, uh, is how much time wrestlers invest into their character. You know, like we as as a wrestling fan, as wrestling fans, I think we take a lot for granted, especially now we're kind of in a boom period where everybody's just like clicking on all cylinders. Um from the choppers to the main eventers, obviously not everybody could be in the main event um, of a show, but is it more a uh, detriment to fans that, you know, may not know what they're talking about, but look like they know everything that they're talking about um, when they want to like know everything about what a wrestler is going through, or is it, you know, up to said wrestler to be more proactive and look for ways to reinvent themselves? Um, you know, I think it comes down to where you work. 
Uh, I know WWE is very strict uh, with what they're looking for usually, or AEW, they usually have a particular, uh, particular vision in mind. Some people have a lot more creative freedom than others. I mean, this is coming off of the death of Bray Wyatt, right? This creative mastermind. That's what drew me into wrestling is the, the characters, the larger than life personalities. That's what makes it interesting to me. I mean, anybody can do moves. You can find a bunch of crazy kids who can do crazy stuff that they learned on a trampoline. But what really, really draws people in, in my opinion, at least, is who can connect with the crowd, who can speak, who can make things matter and tell stories. For me, I've really been trying to reinvent myself and find my character. I was just Christian Rocco for a while. And Christian Rocco just isn't as interesting as the wild child Christian Rocco, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, you got to draw uh, inward because the most interesting parts of you usually are the ones that you are trying to hide, right? So I'm a huge music nerd. I've pulled from that. I've, I'm a huge 80s nut. I've pulled from that. Um, and letting that kind of come out and flow organically has been really awesome. And I think it's been something that's really, really benefited me by sharing that. And it's really helped me figure out myself, uh, not even just in wrestling, just myself in general. And it's getting displayed in a way that I think people are starting to connect to us. Like I'm the goofiest guy ever. I'm always making jokes. I'm always just doing stupid stuff. Right. And now you see that in the Ollie rock videos. And I think that's really drawn people in. I think that's really shown a side of Ollie more, more so than me, because I think people that do know me know I'm a goofball, but Ollie always played this serious character. Right. So now seeing a little like this, this large part of his personality now is really drawn you in. So yes, I would say like the character stuff really, really is important. What like to follow up on, you know, what you said that like investing in like picking out like parts of your life and personality that, you know, the public may not know about uh, clearly more like, do you think, what company do you think like really excels in that the best? Or rather, what daily show, what weekly show do you think excels in that the best, Sure, in your opinion? Sure. sure. I think everybody uh, has has some form of that, right? Like, there's, yeah. there's definitely highlights from every company. Um, oh, that's a difficult one. Because WWE is doing a really, really good job at, at showing different characters. Like, Judgment Day is, is on a whole nother level right now. I really love Dom. Um for somebody that we, come so far. Exactly. Exactly. For somebody that we all just thought was just going to be Rey Mysterio's kid. He's become his own thing, right? He's shown this like darker snooty kind of rich kid who's been corrupted. Right now. Yeah. I don't know if that's who Dom personally is, but I'm sure there, there are aspects of his own personality and his upbringing that have come through in that. And I think that's something that's been great. Um, AW definitely has some highlights too. Uh, a big one right now for me is like Christian Cage, MJF too. Like they're I just love it. characters. MJF's playing this like this rich snooty prick, but now he's he's veered off kind of like us in the comedy sense, and you're getting to see another level and another like layer to MJF now, and it makes the character a lot more interesting. Um, and it's it's definitely brought up Cole as well, who I kind of felt was not 
stagnant, but had definitely lost a little bit of that edge that he had in NXT. I think people care about them more than ever now. And it's awesome when you see a, a stadium full of 80,000 paid fans screaming for a kangaroo kick, right? Yeah. But that, that's anyway. stuff that really, MJF can do anything probably, right? I've seen him do 450s and moonsaults, but the kangaroo kick is probably the biggest thing he has right now. Um, but yeah, as far as what's the best company, I can't really make a decisive choice. I, I think AEW has a little more freedom given that they don't have as many restrictions as far as like sponsors and all that. I, they do. I but agree. They're definitely like a more, more adult company versus WWE. 14. Yes. Who's trying to cater to a larger audience. So maybe AEW, but I, I wouldn't say WWE is far from that. All right. Well, um, what do you think is harder for a wrestler to maintain the passion for the industry as you're constantly traveling from city to city, uh, you know, working for small independent shows, looking for new ways to like improve your, your in-bring work, uh, or is it, uh, is it more looking, I can swear to that, uh, is the passion is the passion like for the industry traveling from one city to another work for small independents trying to I guess maintain like that that optimism and positivity or is it you know looking for new ways to like hone and improve like your work as an actual wrestler? That's a phenomenal question. Um, they're both very difficult. Uh, hopefully, I can give you a more decisive answer, but. I'd probably say the burnout definitely hurts sometimes. You know, if you love it, you love it. You're going to do it no matter what. And that's that's what I've run into sometimes. There have been so many events that I've missed from my personal life. And uh, I've kind of put a lot of relationships on the back burner to, to fulfill this dream. And in the moment, it might hurt. But you know in your heart of heart that you're going for something that isn't guaranteed but you know that you would, at the end of your life, right, you're going to sit on your, your deathbed and go, man, I at least tried, or I went for it. And nobody can ever take that away from me. It's better to live a life that's fulfilling than one with regret. And yeah, that burnout does come a lot. It does. It, it almost comes like clockwork sometimes. You start hitting some success, some good success, and then... You start not and it starts going downward a little bit and you're like why am i doing this why am i throwing myself against plywood every weekend every day in fact because we're training on on the mats all the time uh for little to no pay and you just you just ask yourself and you you reflect inward and you look back at that little kid who went to his first wwe show and he's like man i want to do that I want to be just like those real life superheroes in the ring. And you don't want to make him disappointed. You want to just make him happy. So that that's what I do personally. But yeah, no, I, I have to say the burnout definitely is probably the most difficult part of wrestling. Beautiful answer. Uh, so right now, uh, obviously, your your goal has always been, and I would assume still be to make it to WWE. It's like any wrestler's goal is one day is there anyone in particular that you still really really want to wrestle before you or them retire 
Yes. And I'm kind of kind of running the clock here with this one, but Edge. Edge is the one I've always wanted to wrestle. I thought it would be impossible. And then he came back and blew me like everybody else away. But he is the reason I got into pro wrestling. He's the reason why I love wrestling. And to be a part of his lineage and to say I wrestled the guy who inspired me, who brought me to wrestling. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. It's absolutely edge. As far as like current guys, MJF, he's way, way up there. I love him to death. Uh, Matt Cardona is, is one of those guys that I just think is phenomenal. Um, Chris Jericho is way, way, way high up on that list. And now Rob Van Dam came back, so I'd put him back on the cards. Uh, like there's, there's still a lot of guys that, um, that I grew up on at least that have so much to offer. Um, as far as somebody probably that's a realistic goal in the next couple of years, Ricky Morton, uh, that's probably going to be a surprising one, but Ricky Morton, I absolutely would love to work with him. He is on the Mount Rushmore of greatest baby faces of all time, in my opinion. Um, and he's still working at his age and he's doing great. You see him on NWA. I got another stretch one for you. I always like to say this one, uh, Scott Steiner, even though it's probably not going to happen. I just love Scott, (laughs) Scott Steiner. You know what? The fact that he still looks even relatively the same, like as he did 20 years ago, I'll give it to Uh, him because that's, that's hard to keep up. Hey, people give People tend to look back at that 2003 match with Triple H and go, man, like Steiner can't work. Steiner's one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. And Steiner is a worker. He is phenomenal for a guy to be that big and that athletic. And also just his personality too. I mean, how do you not love him? I I love Steiner. Oh my goodness. His personality is like that easily the funniest like unintentionally like funniest man of all time oh my god those tna promos if anybody goes back and watches steiner mania there's so many great moments and you can't write that you just let steiner free flow there's a great one that he did um there's (laughs) that really narrows it down but he was in the back alley and i used to love how tna would film the um the backstage interviews because they look real it looks like they were shot on a shaky cam right and they, they ask steiner whatever random question and he keeps turning around and saying more and you think it's over and then he turns back around and then he keeps going and then he keeps walking down turns around he does it like four times and then he runs out of things to say and he turns around and goes i'm done <laughs> I ran out yeah, of no. to say. Yeah, he is he is one of one, certainly with Scott. Um, you know, that 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 like reminds me like of like old wrestlers or you know, uh, wrestlers from like older generations, older eras. Like, do you think it is um what do you think is like more like harder for them to accept like kids that may not know of like who they used to be like in their prime you know kids now or you know just the idea that they're just never going to go at the same rate that they could have gone in their prime i think it's tough for anybody um especially when you give your life and your body to a business that it, it does, it takes years off of your life and you miss a lot of time from your family and your friends to not be remembered. And 
you want to you want to say that your body of work this is this beautiful piece of art that people will go back and look at forever there's never going to be a generation that doesn't know Shawn michaels or hulk Hogan, um or bruno in my opinion maybe that one's a little forgotten on some younger kids but like if you're a wrestling fan you know bruno san martino but you want to leave that kind of legacy behind and i think if somebody's going to be forgotten that that really hurts and that really that hurts to the soul it almost feels like you know four decades of your life were for nothing right even though it wasn't it's it's a, i think it's like very hard for like even like you saw like you know in undertaker's like docuseries like how hard it was for him to accept you know or yeah. claire his last match went out um it's 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 a wrestling wrestling it's almost like a uh blessing and the curse in that it sense is. i think if anybody's seen the movie the wrestler i mean that's that's the entire premise of it um Aaron aronofsky kind of captured that especially from the end that uh it's, it's kind of depressing to think about this when i was a kid i uh i watched the movie i had been to every single one of the arenas that they filmed in and i knew all the places that they were at because they filmed it in jersey in new york and pennsylvania like that that tri-state area and I've seen guys like that. And before he cleaned up, like I had seen people like Jake the Snake show up to to that uh, that Rahway Rec Center that's in the movie or going to the 2300. And then at the end at the Hammerstein Ballroom, like it, I've seen people that are that age that couldn't let it go and are destroying their lives for it because they're trying to recapture something that that was in its prime, something huge, right? But there's a period where you have to walk away or let go, or you have to start looking at your life going forward instead of living in the past. I agree. I agree. So now, uh, Christian, uh, I I have some I have some wrestling hot takes here that you know I, I came up with, and you, you just tell me if like you agree with some of these or not. Uh, sure. These are some that uh, you know I, I I feel at least strongly on this first one. Um, have a vision in my head. Swerve should be a double champion in AEW <laughs> right now. Swerve is phenomenal. He's having amazing, amazing matches. Um, that uh, that kick he keeps throwing, that little back kick, it's one of my favorite things to watch. It's a thing of beauty. Um, but yeah, Swerve, Swerve definitely deserves his uh, his flowers, and I think he'll get them eventually. I think there's just so many people in AEW that we're focusing on right now that he's. He's kind of on the back burner right now, but he's he's definitely coming to the forefront. I think Swerve will find his way. All right. Uh, this next one, XT would thrive now if they traveled on the road to Raw and SmackDown. What was that? NXT would thrive now if they traveled on the road with Raw and SmackDown. So they're with them. For sure. With For Arena sure. Arena. That's that's uh, like looking at it from the uh, the developmental end of that. Like you you should you should be doing that. There's nothing like traveling. I think uh, those guys, you know, just traveling around in Florida. I mean, Florida's a, a decently sized state, so you're probably traveling what one to two, maybe three hours. But no, there's nothing like traveling on the road and actually having to go out. And I know a lot of those guys have to build their rings and do that. So on top of that, like you're really paying your dues as far as like people. Uh, tend to think like oh you know only the independent wrestlers have to have to deal with the hardships of of making it no a lot of those guys have to do a lot of the work and they're they have to do a lot of stuff that isn't uh that isn't credited to them great 
Uh, so this sucks. I'll take this boom period of wrestling that we have has more consistent and better wrestling than anything we got in the attitude there. Absolutely. Um, no question whatsoever. Uh, you, <laughs> I love the attitude era, but you look back and some of the quality of those matches are not great. I, I mean, it was all personality. That's all it was, but yeah, you're like, and even now I know people tend to, uh, tend to poo poo on, on wrestlers of now because they, they grew up on so-and-so they're asked a lot more than what they were asked back then. Yeah. Like they really are. Um, they're, this is the best generation of athletes. Uh, no question whatsoever. All right. And this last hot take that I have here, Christian Rocco will be on WWE programming in 2024. 2024. Whew. Oh, that's a difficult one. I don't think this I absolutely hope so. Um, <laughs> let's say so for, uh, for my sake, at least, but let's yeah. manifest it. Let's manifest it. Yeah. Manifest, let's, let's manifest, manifest it. it. You know, I, I'll put it on my vision board and it'll come true, but it's not out of the realm of, uh, possibility. I think anything's possible. And, you know, this year I got the tryout and I've, I've been in contact with them. So hopefully, hopefully it goes somewhere. Hey. Any any way that I can see, where it be as a plant in the crowd or as a security guard <laughs> or as a local job, it don't matter. I just I need to see you on my screen. I need to see you fulfill the dream. <laughs> um, hey man, you never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, so uh, I I I four round of questions here. Uh, so is there anything? Um, let the people know where they can find you at right now. Yeah, absolutely. For one, I want to plug you guys. So the We Hate Sports podcast is phenomenal. Everybody listen to it. They're awesome. Um, they have some crazy hot takes that are really awesome. I uh, I tune in when I can, but you guys should tune in weekly. You have more time than me. Come on. Come on. What are you doing with your lives that you can't give these guys some time? But uh, as far as social media, um, you can find me now. I have a uniform uh, name now. It's Wild Child Rocco. Easy to find. You can look at my pro wrestling tees, which is linked on my Instagram and I believe my Twitter. You can get one of those shirts, one of those bad boys. Uh, you can get the new wild child shirts that are out. Um, you can also uh, email me at wildchildwrestles for any bookings or any kind of inquiries whatsoever. Hell, look me up on LinkedIn if you want to give me some kind of professional job too. Um, but as far as that goes, Man, uh, I'm out there. Come find me. I'll be traveling. I'll be in Delaware. I'll be in Paulsboro. I'll be around the Philly, the Philadelphia area. I'll be in Hamburg. I'll be up in Hazleton. I'll be everywhere. Look Absolutely. under your beds. Look in your closets. I'll probably be there. <laughs> he will find a way. He is the wild child, Christian Rocco. Thank you so much for this interview, Christian, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And that was the interview, guys. Um, once again, I want to give a special, special thank you to uh, Christian for doing this once again. Um, you know, he's making some pretty massive moves, as y'all just saw. So, um, you know, shout out to shout out to Christian, man. Uh, if you're not already following him on his socials, uh, definitely do so at, uh, uh, especially on Instagram at the uh, Wild Child Rocco, um, and. Yeah, make sure you go and check out Apple TV series The Monster Factory as well. So if you have Apple TV, there's something else you can watch. Um, you know, Apple TV has some really good quality series, I just realized. Uh, so yeah, definitely go and check them out. Uh, and of course, 
make sure to follow us on our socials, our Twitter and our Instagram at WHS underscore podcast, our YouTube and TikTok at We Hate Sports. Um, there will be uh, two videos uploaded uh, this week. Um, this weekend, I should say, is the episode We Hate More Sports last week and the episode for this week, um, which is the interview that you're all about to listen to. Um, so this counts as episode 10. So that will be uploaded to YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, thank you all for watching. I've been PC. You gaming matters. Call up one, check up on Zelda. You love them. Whole nine yards. You'll know the drill that you've been launching. Um, stay tuned for We Eight Sports next week. Uh, TK Sealess is making his return. Uh, we'll officially have been through uh, week one of the NFL season, and we definitely got a lot to talk about um, already with the Thursday night game between Chiefs and Lions. So, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, that's all for me. Take care.